Um, and I was just a really fearful kid growing up. I didn't even go on roller coasters. That's how scared I was, you know? Yeah. And I kind of, like, told myself, I'm like, listen, man, you need to do some shit, like, even if it's scary. And so, like, I made it my mission to, like, do shit that I was scared of. I was scared wow. of going in the ocean. My dad took me snorkeling in the ocean. I was scared of it. But I'm like, nope, I'm going to do it again until I'm not scared of it. Wow. And so I've really made it my mission to, like, do things I'm scared of. If I'm scared of something, it's something I want to do. Right. Because when, if I do it, I'll become less scared of that thing. And so, like, what keeps me going is I don't think a lot of people have that mentality. Not not many people can even, like, have that mental click in their brain to be like, I'm going to make it a thing to do things I'm scared of. Because yeah. why would you? You're scared of that. You people know? tend to seek out comfortability. Right. Exactly. And being one of those people to except that I'm not going to be comfortable all the time. I think I owe it to the world to go into go and climb up a mountain and get a really cool picture of it so other people can see or It's inspiring. Yeah, invite other people into the world of extreme sports and be there for them. Yeah. You know, I was a I was a zipline instructor for my senior uh summer year right before college and I found gr- I found great like this like weird like good feeling in my stomach and just body whenever i'd like help a person overcome their fear of of zip lining and i'd want to i want to do that for people going into the ocean because i was scared of the ocean i, I want to do that for people going skydiving because i was scared of falling i want to do that for people going rock climbing because i was scared to rock climb you know and i, I want to be that person to like to invite them into the world yeah. of overcoming your fears Welcome to another episode of Questionable Answers, where the questions are answerable and the answers are questionable. I'm sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend, Jackson Nesmo. How you doing, man? I am doing good. So happy to be on, man. Yeah, I've dude. been I've been listening since episode one, since quarantine. Wow. Since quarantine, almost every episode. I shouldn't say all of them, but like. Yeah, man. I'm just happy to be on, man. Yeah, dude. I think, if you can't uh, tell, I'm smiling like a motherfucker <laughs> right now. <laughs> dude, no one, people, especially now, now more than ever, people don't ever just sit down and like test ideas or just have conversation. Like, right. there's there's like a beautiful part to podcasting that people don't really like. I feel like I'm there when right. I listen, when I listen right. to podcasts. I like. Like I hear Joe Rogan talking with his buddies. Like I feel like I'm in that room. Right. You can almost like create your own opinions in like your mind of being like, I wonder what they'd think of this. And right. then like if you listen long enough, they might even start talking about that. And you're like, Oh my god. Exactly. Like man. I was thinking that same thing ten exactly. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And especially right now with how um heated things are politically and everything else, you know, it's <laughs> It's difficult right now in this climate to have conversations that test new ideas. You know, we, right. it's 
we don't afford ourselves that time because sometimes it's a little bit too risky to talk about right. things that are that upset people or shake people yeah. too much. Which I think honestly, we should almost have more of those conversations. Having conversations that make you like irritated or like dig under your skin make you almost like a better person because you've experienced those opinions and like having experienced those opinions kind of like even if you don't agree with them you've you've had those like thoughts run through your head to be like you know what maybe just maybe if i really think about this it could be like something that's real right one thing that i've always talked to people about and i don't know are you religious um so that's interesting that's an interesting idea that I've thought about for right. my entire life, you know, because yeah. I was I was raised religious, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us were. Right. Were you raised Christian, Lutheran? Lutheran, so, Lutheran. yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of people from this area, like Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, are Lutheran. I mean, right. my, my family is from South Dakota, right. and they're all Lutheran on that side. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, because I think Lutheranism is good you know and and growing up in that safe space where you you have a language to talk about like things like that are really complex you know like when you're taught about the idea of god from a young (laughs) age it's just like this person in the sky who kind of watches what you do right but that idea evolves as you get older you know it gives you almost like a safety net like there's something beyond us right Right, and, and, it's, and I, I think people it's a, take comfort in that idea. Yeah, it's, I think it's a really good place to start. Mm. But, like, growing up, it was really hard to almost, like, crack that nutshell of, like, you know, you've been told your whole life God's there, you know, he's a thing, religion, you have to follow it, and it's really hard to crack that nutshell and actually, like, think about, like, well, is this something that I should believe in? Because, right. like, there's so many around the world, right? Like, you got Definitely. Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, Judaism. There's thousands. I could go on forever. But, like, what makes the one that I follow the correct one, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think, and there are, like, ideological clashes between religions oh, yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. If you look at, like, Islam and Christianity... And some people in America who are a little bit more um, on the side of progressivism want to sort of cast everybody under the same umbrella. But there are fundamental principles about Christianity or Buddhism that sometimes do clash. Right. You know, and it's it's difficult because it's 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 hard to have a a dialogue about these ideas without becoming so personally invested in them. Mm. Because that's personal, man. Right. How you grow up, what your right. family believes in, those primary principles. Right. Having having conversations with people about religion, you gotta you gotta tiptoe because yeah. like if you say the wrong thing, you could really hurt like hurt somebody not just like feelings wise, but like really down deep, like deeply. That's this, like a lot of people structure their lives around their religion. If you and if you say the wrong thing, that's like saying like they've just been living a lie their whole life, you know. Right. And Definitely. so, like, you got you got to be careful of what you say. You got to be conscious of their 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 feelings, you know. Yeah. And that's one thing I've definitely found out because I have said the wrong thing before, and it's not fun to get yelled at. So, <laughs> so do you? So you were raised Lutheran. Yes. And then, so are you an atheist now? 
I, if I may ask, I would not consider myself an atheist. Okay. Um, I think there is something higher out there, and ugh. If you really want to get into it here, let's get into it. All right, let's get all into right. it. So you want to you want to think, you want to know what I think how humans got to Earth, right? Mm-hmm. So humans are fucking weird, man. Humans right? are weird. They're really weird. But at this, we're really really weird. But at the same time, we're animals. Right. Exactly. So it's this weird middle ground. Yeah. Of like <laughs> we're the only we're the only unnatural thing on Earth. Have you ever thought about that? So what do you mean by unnatural? Well, like, if you took humans off this earth, right? Like, we're basic... With humans on this earth, we're taking the life source out of this earth. Like, we're taking all the natural resources out, creating it for our own goods. We are disrupting the, um... What do you call that? Uh, The natural, like, flow Life cycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're like... Of even certain compounds and how they transition from different stages. Yeah, not even ourselves. Like, because, like, natural selection on it, like, obviously it's never going to be a thing now. Right. But, like, it should have stayed a thing. Like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And that's, and that's that's an idea that I find only really exists in a place like North Dakota. Right. Like, a lot of my friends back home... Don't it's that's a very controversial opinion really to let that like let people tend to themselves and kind right. of pursue whatever they want to pursue and just let it kind of like fall let the cards fall where they may right right like if we had a bunch of Elon Musk's running around right you know we we'd be high top society talking to aliens right exactly but no I think I the reason why I said humans are weird is because I don't think we originated or even evolved on this earth. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay, Nazmo. So, and and you may catch some flack for this opinion, but I I want to know because there's a reason that you believe this, right? And right. there's and maybe that foundation is deep within you, and you have, right. just have this intuition that yeah, that that is that and that very well could be the w- right. the explanation right. for how we're here. The, my biggest thing to saying to people is like it's just got as many. It's got just as much facts behind it as like a religion does like it's all faith it's just you believe in it right right and so i believe in this but um you ever see the movie moana yeah or not moana yeah is it moana um yeah. the one with maui and the rock yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah. sing uh yeah um you know how they dropped him off on that island uh-huh they were voyagers beforehand well imagine those voyagers being like these aliens right and these ufos whatever and the island being earth and the people on that island being us okay they Mm. dropped those people off and they forgot they were voyagers over time wow yeah and so they're just like nope we are stuck on this one island this is this is our home we don't leave the island and beyond those beyond the waves beyond the crevice out there that's dangerous like we don't want to go out there but then when you had that one person to say well no no i want to go out there like Everybody says you die if you go beyond the beyond the reef, but like, what's actually out there? And once you got out there, they she ended up finding out. Well, even before she left the island, she found out that they were voyagers. So you got to think like, when we were dropped off on Earth hundreds of thousands of years ago, we were dropped off here to who even knows, start whatever mission we were sent here to do. Maybe it is to drain them all the life out of Earth and take all the natural resources. Who knows? But uh, 
yeah, once we were dropped off here, over time we just kind of forgot that we were dropped off here. And yeah. Now, uh, now we're now we're just sitting here wondering of okay, is it religion? Is it aliens? Is it like what's out there? You know. Right, and and the universe is infinitely big. Right. You know, so there there could be that possibility that our history. Our history is maybe 7,000 years old. Right. But humans track back, like the modern human and how we think and how we exist now, it tracks back far beyond 7,000 years. Really? Yeah. So there is there is this this gap of maybe possible human innovation or, right. or human knowledge that we've lost. Yeah. Now and so you, we're starting over. Do you know, I know you said the like, origination of a human right Mm -hmm. is that like a human as like i look at you and i see you know skin hair on the top of the head eyebrows yes yes not not complete hair all around no like at this point we would have a language system we would be able to form like complex ideas and laws about like love but maybe we just didn't have that technological barrier of like right we don't have iphones yeah you know think about what an iphone is Awful. You know, it's, it's awful. It's, <laughs> That's why, what it is. Why do you think it's Phone, awful? Phones in general are awful. They're awful things that we can't live without now. But it is good because it is speeding up development. <laughs> it like is. It's horrible for my mental health. Like, I right. hate having a kid. If I could grow up in the 80s where you don't have to care about that shit, you could just, you <laughs> just, could just be you. You could just be you. Right. And you could come home and expect to be home and not be bombarded by outside information. Right. You could... Go out in the world and choose, like, right. you just show up at people's houses. That's how people did it. Even now going out, if you go out and, like, let's say you're standing in line at McDonald's or something, and you try to have a conversation with somebody, they look at you like, who is this person? What, right. What are, what are you? I'm on my phone. I'm talking to people on my phone. I don't need to talk to you. We're, like, in the 80s. What are you going to do in line? You're going to swipe on your notepad? No, Definitely. you're, you're going to talk to people. You're going to figure out their story. Yeah. And... I think that's one thing that should definitely be brought back is like just conversating in a public space. Definitely. And even just like the experience of moving your body and actually engaging with reality, that's deep within us. Like there right. there like I get great feelings from reading from an actual book instead mm-hmm. of like a Kindle notepad. Right. Because it right. feels real. It feels yeah. like this is like something in my hands that I can touch. Tangible. Yeah. Even like running outside, I prefer that over running on like a treadmill or something. Right, which is hard to do in North Dakota, especially because <laughs> yeah. it's snowy here eight months out of the year. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about North Dakota? Because uh, you're from Minnesota, correct? I'm from Minnesota. Um, I actually came up to North Dakota, NDSU, to pursue a degree in engineering. Right, and we've had actually a few classes together, I believe. Uh, yeah, we At had least ma- trig. We we had trig together, and yeah. then we also had wellness together. Yeah, we did, didn't that? we? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Class is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody taking wellness, just log in when you need to log in and do the questions. That's all you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of those one hundred level classes, they they're a joke. Yeah, and yeah, you know you need those though, because like coming into college, a lot of people I think are scared. I think, yeah, I think those classes just serve as a way to kind of make friends. Right. It's like, hey, like, you're in this huge class, talk to people, but, like, we're going to give you some work to, like, make you realize this isn't just social hour. This is college. You're here for a reason. Right. You're not here just to make friends. You're here to get a degree in something. Yeah. But, uh, no, North Dakota, 
I think it's a wasteland, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, me too. That's why I'm laughing so hard. I think it is uh, too. And I think it's just this industrialized hellscape. <laughs> just, it feels, we're like, we're on this research university in the middle right. of fucking nowhere. Yeah, you know, if a There's mo- highways <laughs> everywhere. It's if, just a frozen tundra, just hellscape. If a movie wanted to make a zombie apocalypse movie, do it in North Dakota. Because you don't nice. even have to set it up, you know. Dude, it's a bunch <laughs> of old houses right by campus. We're, we're in one right yeah, now. Who, yeah. who do you think died in this house? Oh, it, it was built be- in 1942, dude. Dude, so. <laughs> Somebody's probably jumped off the, like the roof of this house before. Probably, dude. Like, it's there's been probably around. so many. There's you probably got three ghosts living in here, man. Right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some unsettled agenda. Yeah, taking it out on me in the middle of the night. <laughs> you just hear a door slam in the middle of the night. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> but dude, anyways, I want to pick your brain a little bit more about. Uh, you know, you're so. So, what is this a religion that you're calling this? Is this? I don't know if I'd call it a, a religion, more of like a philosophy on life, maybe. Because, like, it's just like you have this, you just believe that, like, civilization, we were cast here from right. some other world. How come that those people haven't come back? I say think, if. See, that's that's a really open ended question. There could it be is. infinitely possibilities. Do I know and it? And we don't understand the behavior of the universe. No, like we, don't. we We have math that can get a, a rocket shooting fire out of the back of it into space because mm-hmm. we, we generate so much power that it overcomes gravity. Right. But we can't really do much no. beyond test trajectories and build things. And Right, which did you hear? They actually came up with a new uh, rocket fuel, a better rocket fuel to like really? last longer. Yeah. I didn't look into it. I just saw it on an article. I'm like, oh, I should look at that later. But yeah, oh, there's, a, there's a different fuel out there for rockets. Mm. Do you think that, that frontier is exciting? Do you think that's the future of humans is, I, is getting shot into space? Uh, and I hope I'm alive to see how just how far we've come with space. I don't want to die and not and us not have been to Mars yet. You know? Me too. That's yeah. one thing that I want to happen in my lifetime. And it will happen. That's yeah. like... There will be some point before we destroy ourselves, I believe. Right, right. That uh, we are, we have the know-how and the motivation and the economic incentive to actually leave Earth and colonize Mars. Right. We and that would be huge. Could. Yeah. We could. And plans have been made to yeah. do this and, like, tryouts to Isn't, select people. You can actually, excuse me, you can actually sign up right now if you're over the age of 18 to Whoa. go on an expedition to Mars but as of right now, if you sign your name, there's no promise of you coming back to Earth. It is you go there, and you're, you're there. Like, done. Okay? Dang. Colonize. Wow. And, you know, maybe this is the next thing you got to think about here. You go there, you start colonizing. Over time, you forget you came from Earth. Dude. Yeah, right? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. But, okay, so... That's an interesting idea, you know, and that's that's sort of your theory about right. Earth. Yeah, is maybe Earth was once like Mars, mm-hmm. you know, but wouldn't there be maybe like deep in our soil somewhere artifacts of a mission? Like, wouldn't well, if, if we built these metal ships, right? Couldn't they be deep within the Earth's crust? If you actually have you, I don't. This is like a show that a lot of people give shit about, okay, but this is a okay. show that I really like, and I hope to God that what they're saying on it is true. Oh, what show is it? It's called Ancient Aliens. I have not heard of it. 
You should check it out. I think you okay. personally would love it. Okay. And it's on Netflix now, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I was I was into Ancient Aliens when like it wasn't a thing, and so like before that, before they were just boasting about how like all, you know, late the later seasons are kind of hoax. But I think the first few seasons were like actual legit things. You know, mm. if you go into Egypt, I love Egypt. First off, I want I would love to go to Egypt because there's a lot of unknowns about Egypt, right? Absolutely. Um, if you go to Egypt, there are carvings. In, I want to say one of the pyramids of like helicopters of boats of really? spaceships of humans walking dogs of yeah and these pyramids were made thousands of years ago you know whoa yeah so it's like how the like and the, like the Egyptians were crazy yeah. like they had they developed like one of the first systems of mathematics and right and yeah, they just, they did psychedelics. They were crazy. <laughs> they were a crazy group of people. Yeah. It was one of the earliest civilizations that was super powerful and had access to knowledge that was otherworldly. Yeah, I think, was, I think crazy yet genius at the same time. I think, right. I think those two work hand in hand with a lot of things, you know? Definitely. But no, the Egyptians were, they're definitely, if I could go back in time, I would definitely go to Egypt and just like, talk to one of the people back then like why do you believe this oh, how how these carvings of boats and helicopters come to be and right who knows even if like they're like oh well yeah that's just that's just carving you know we just it's just there or like yeah we we drew that because like that's what we were dropped off on so how do you know that they were boats and helicopters and ufos they actually they actually took footage of these of the carvings and it were was they on the inside of the pyramids is yep, that where they were yep it's ve- the helicopter is very distinguishable like it had obviously it's not to like the boat was kind of questionable like once you kind of looked at it a little bit you're like okay i could see a boat there but like the helicopter was the main one that they focused on mm. it had you know the blades on top it had the cockpit it had the little landing platforms on the bottom it had yeah. the route the the whatever you want to call the it. The rudder? The rudder in the back and everything to stabilize it. And if you're going to try and tell me that, like, nah, that's not a helicopter, I'd just look at you and call it bullshit because, like, that's a helicopter in my eyes. And the people who were designated to write on the walls of the pyramids, they were the wisest people in the oh, yeah. in the city. Like, oh, that yeah. was their duty. They, were, they right. were scribes. They passed on information. Right. And, you know... It's it's crazy to think about that even if they didn't have access to this technology themselves, they could have had access to the idea of the technology. Right. Like maybe it was a blueprint mm-hmm. and they couldn't exactly. they couldn't complete it or they had this idea that came from right. somewhere. Yeah. And we don't understand that they had a huge emphasis on dreams. Yep. Especially and and if you think if you dissect your dreams, that's where a lot of our crazy inventions and ideas come from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just had a dream the other night actually of i it kind of scared me actually i went and got it looked out because i've heard a lot of stories of this but uh oh wow um i had a dream that i had like a huge cyst going on on like my right shoulder and like in my dream i could like visually see it see it and i'm like oh god and, like i woke up kind of in a panic like whoa what the hell was that and i know there's like 
thousands of stories out there going, yep, I had a dream that I had a cyst. I went and got checked out. And luckily, I got it checked out in time for them to remove it. Whoa. Because I was there. And I'm like, all right, well, I, if that's the case, this happened thousands of times. I need to go get this checked out. And I got it checked out, and it was nothing, thankfully. But, like. Wow. Yeah. What do you think the dream means? Do you think it you're just stressed about something? I think or? I'm just stressed with finals and everything. You know, with all yeah. they're coming up. It's been a stressful semester. Absolutely, I think for man. Anybody up stressful here. year. Yeah. Even like, there's so much uncertainty that surrounds. Yeah. Like, I think North Dakota will be okay. Yeah. And I think that's. I, I think. I think everywhere will be okay. Right, but some places there is a little bit more destabilization right. than other, like right. Minneapolis. During COVID, it's been like oof. hectic. Yeah, yeah, very hectic. The because the uh, the raids were happening during COVID in Minneapolis. What do you mean by the raids? The the like burning of buildings and everything. Yeah. I actually I went there. That's interesting that you call them raids. Oh, just just yeah. because like back where I'm from, we call them protests. Really? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But see, I I also come from a more liberal area, so right, they right. they tend to side with. The against the government right right yeah but how do you feel about this whole situation and I, I mean this is just reaching ndsu too did you hear about the potential protest that's going to be happening really yeah there were no i didn't hear about that so there were students on campus mm-hmm. and i think one was on the baseball team just a bunch of guys who were in a group chat and right. they the title of the group chat was n-words are us so, like, a joke, basically, right. but not a clever joke. It wasn't funny. Right, right. It, was it was pushing just, it too far. It was pushing it too far. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like... So, apparently, one of the kids, like, lost his scholarship. This is the latest information I have on it. Okay. One of the kids lost a scholarship, like, his play, play baseball to go right. here to pay for his school because he was the one who made the group chat. None of the other kids got in trouble. But now there's a BLM Fargo Instagram account, yeah. and they're pushing for more penalties, you know, justice as they call it, right. protests. Now, were, so these, like, were these kids in the group chat, were they, if I don't mind asking, black or white? They were all white. They're Okay, so yeah, that, Which, there's a problem there then. They're, I feel like there deserves, at least for the person who made the group chat, or they said offensive things in the group chat, there right. needs to be penalties. Maybe a suspension for a semester where they can't right. come to school and pay tuition. Yeah. Or even, but like, just some sort of, because they go to school here and they represent the school. Right. But there, there can't be any legal right. ramifications right. beyond that point. Exactly. And that's like... The, the the spirit of the protest is overextending its reach on what they should be able to, you know, it's right. it's like, okay, the kid who made the group chat got suspended. Yeah. You can't set the precedent of guilty by affiliation because anybody could have been added to a group chat right, like that. Right, exactly. I mean, but, I think if you're added to a group chat like that, you definitely have the control of yourself to, like, leave it if right. you think it's wrong. But definitely. Uh, I, I definitely think the person who created it, like, obviously he was thinking about creating this for, like, more than just that second when he created it, you know? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, he should probably get penalized a little harsher. And I've been in group chats like that, too. Like, right. even in high school, it's yeah. like, guys are fucking stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if there's a ton of 
like oh, we're dumb bullshit that you <laughs> we're <spew>. so dumb <laughs> <laughs> right and and that's part of the like that's part of the fun that's part of a joke i think this particular joke right there was no it was just insensitive to be right. insensitive in the scope of things yeah you know eight white kids who right. are all from small towns do you know where like how they found out about this group chat even so one of the kids in the group chat exposed them apparently really this is this is the latest news i'm yeah. just i'm getting my information from like random people i talk to but wow yeah what so. a don't have nice things to say about that kid. Right. <laughs> right. I And I think at the same time, I don't know what it's like to be black in a place like Fargo where, right. you know, 99% do, of the population is white. And do, like, do you, do you feel, have experience with being black, Hayden? I don't. I don't. <laughs> but a, a lot, like more people were black where I'm from. And I right. know. I know what you were talking to me about this last year of like being from where you're from. It's not. It's like. It, your color of your skin matters so much less than it does the further north you get. Yeah, definitely, Almost. definitely. Yeah. I, because I think there's a certain amount of ignorance that comes from just, you know, not having those type of people around. Like right. you want to stop being racist toward a population like black people. Go hang out with black people. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just. No, it's, I get it's that. A, it, but I it, get it's that. a tough, it's a tough situation. I think um, people are really pissed off and frustrated, and the police are given a very tough task right. to. Well, there's nothing legally they did wrong. Is the thing, and, and so not, that's that's the that's the hard part with everything. I right. Think. And the interesting thing is that the people heading the BLM account in Fargo, it's all white women. Which is interesting. And right. and Joe Rogan has this quote saying, you know, BLM is kind of like a white cult. Yeah. No, it it's, is. It's people who feel, who are very sensitive to yeah. issues that this movement, this like justice symbol looks attractive mm -hmm. to them. And I'm not trashing on the, you know, their prejudice exists. Right. To what extent it exists today, I don't know. I'm not a black person. Yeah. So I think we just need to listen and make our own opinions on and what fall. We hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. Um, Have you heard the Martin Luther King quote? What is it? Or no, not Martin Luther King. Why? I, I don't know why I was thinking him. Uh, what's his name? I should know this. What does it look like? Really, everybody wants his voice and everything. Uh, Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman. There you go. <laughs> Why was I thinking Mo Martin Luther King? Yeah, I don't know. Same guy, right? <laughs> My name is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> but no. <laughs> he was saying, he's like, if we really want, you know, blacks and whites to be equal nowadays, because I personally don't agree that they are equal. I think everybody should be equal, but unfortunately, the hand they were dealt, it's, it's just not how it is, you know? Right. Um, but he was saying... If we want everybody to be equal nowadays, stop talking about how people aren't equal. Plain and simple. Like yeah. if you just if you, if you if you take next generation and you don't talk about how people aren't equal, they're not going to view anybody as lesser than them. Yeah, you know? definitely. I I think um, I think Black Lives Matter has actually increased the amount of people who are racist in the country. Because people latch like. Something interesting with Black Lives Matter is there's like counter protest to the mm -hmm. protest, like All Lives Matter, right. Blue Lives Matter, yep. and those 
were started after Black Lives Matter. So there is right. a certain amount of people who are frustrated by like the message of Black Lives Matter, or even right. the statement, or maybe it's the people behind Black Lives Matter, because I've heard, you know, their characters in question, yeah. and you know, what do we do about that? It's, right. it's, I mean, it's just I feel like we're just stuck in this hole that we just keep digging, and in order to like start filling this hole back up, we gotta like we can't, it's like running into a wall head first. How do you fix it? Let's do it again. Right. It's like, no, that's not how you fix it. You just don't run into the wall again, you know? History will repeat itself. Yeah, exactly. But this time around, this time racism rears its head, we're, we're, we're dealing with it in a weird way. Right. Where a lot of people take this... We're just so offended, you know? And this, this charge is led by the news and how they right. talk to each other and how people have dialogue. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so personal and so intense right now i think that can be scoped back to what we were talking about earlier with social media and phones definitely everybody becomes so much more offended because they want to be viewed as perfect right when the simple truth is nobody's perfect yeah yeah that's true man everybody's got their flaws but flaws can also be looked at as like strengths exactly and people don't realize that and being able to like to Show not show your flaws off, but being like vulnerable, being uh, right. allow yourself to be vulnerable and be like, yeah, right. man, I'm not perfect. Like, right. why would I? Why would I want to be perfect? Right, exactly. I feel like that'd be a really boring life. Right, you'd walk into every room being like, yeah, I'm better than you, and you'd be desensitized yeah, toward exactly. any feelings. Like, yeah. it's life is all about ups and downs, you right. know, and everybody crashes and everybody, you know, gets a, back it's up. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster, yeah. man. It's a roller coaster and. All we can do is, you know, live a bold life right. with some moral conscience about yeah, us, and right. that's pretty much it, you know? It's, <laughs> we're just given this, we're afforded yeah, this time. Right. One thing I've really realized right now is, like, everybody thinks they're right, and you all, an equal amount of people that thinks those people that think they're right are wrong, and the people that think they're wrong, they think they're wrong for thinking they're wrong, so it's just like, right. nobody's right, nobody's wrong live a life that you're happy with you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you believe like that's a rick and morty idea and i say that because a lot of people who watch that show it feeds you a sense of just like the universe is fucking big mm-hmm. and i'm ambivalent to that mm-hmm. like i am just i'm along for the ride and right. this is this is just some random probability that's yep. running its course no completely agree with that do you do you believe that to be the case oh yeah. do you think we're just creatures and we die and there's no or do you think there is some profound message or do, do we just latch onto that out of insecurity i think i think we do latch onto that out of insecurity just because like you know you would like to think that you're bigger than something yeah. but when in reality, we're living, we're like, we're on a ball <laughs> spinning through space, you know? Yeah. What is a tiny little six foot human? Not even, some of us aren't even six foot. I'm five eight, you know? <laughs> so it made you such a good pole vaulter. In yeah, high right. <laughs> you just fucking launch yourself, man. <laughs> no, but like, what, what are we supposed to do in a timeline that has been a thing now? We don't even know when time started. Like time's always been a thing. Like the Big Bang, right? That's the furthest point in history we can go back. Who even knows what the how was going on before that? Yeah, people just say it was nothing and then everything. Yeah. That's how people describe and it. And we have an 80, 80 to a hundred year lifespan to 
do to change the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can change the world and, you know, maybe like be president and be remembered like that, but ultimately your opinions are going to be forgotten about eventually. Right. And you're going to be forgotten about. Even statues erode, even right. you know, they get torn down or replaced. Yeah. It's the we're evolving so quickly now that all you can do really is there's a humility to that. Yeah. And it's not a lot of people hear that and they and they feel attacked. Like they're right. not special, they don't matter, but right. you, you do matter, but in this small way. Right. And you, you matter get a to chance. the people around you. Yeah. You're you're part of this larger network. Like maybe you'll get to know personally maybe two hundred people in your lifetime. Right. That's a lot of people that you can affect and change for yeah, the better and sort exactly. of spread your influence. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. That's actually this whole philosophy of just living a life you're happy with. That's kind that's a big reason I went and I think I told you the other day I went and changed my major. I'm going down to Colorado next year. And that's exciting, man. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about that. So what made you decide to switch from engineering at NDSU and then you're going down to Colorado to photography and film. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So Okay. That's exciting. Huge man. step. A huge decision for myself. It took many months of thinking. I'm not gonna lie. Like obviously it's a huge decision. I'm changing my entire life. But uh I don't know. I just, you know, I was doing the work in college. I was getting good grades. It's not like I couldn't have done engineering or anything. Um, I just didn't find it enjoyable, you know. I was mm. doing the work. It was day in, day out, you know, four or five hours of homework every day. It's a monotonous grind. Yeah. And that's, it's the sad reality, and I'm hoping it pays off someday because I'm still right. in engineering. Yeah. But it's it's. It's frustrating because you just feel like this small number in this giant sea right. of geniuses. Yeah. So you're you're lost in that. It's right. like, okay, I'm gonna finish my degree and hopefully get a job where right. I'm. Right. But know? that's why I think you specialize in things with engineering. You know, you you, you turn do, this yeah. huge sea into like maybe a big like a giant lake. Right. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's why you got specialized in in certain fields or whatever. Yeah. So you decided to go to <sighs> film and photography. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I'm actually working right now. I got a few things I'm working towards. They're just all slowly. I could have done one of them very quickly, or I could have just worked on all of these things very slowly, and that's what I decided to do because I got you know, three, four years left of school since right. I changed my major and everything. Um, I'm working towards being a skydive instructor. <laughs> I'm working towards being a scuba dive instructor and getting my search and search and rescue and scuba diving. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's basically you work for like a township or a mm -hmm. city, and if somebody drowns, you're the one going down and grabbing that body. Or if a truck drowns, you're the one going and hooking up the the lead to pull it out. Wow. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> it's a job where precise skill is necessary, yeah, and yeah. you're saving lives. Like that's right. an adrenaline rush. Exactly. And I'm I'm. Big into adrenaline. I'm not. Gonna I can lie. tell. I'm, I would be what you'd consider an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Uh, I've also been getting into climbing. I think climbing is like a great way to like really like bring down that adrenaline, which because like if you have too much of something in life, it's bad, and so you need something to um, weigh the scale. You know, balance mm. the scale, and I think rock climbing definitely has that with it. So I I was skydiving maybe once or twice a week. Um, yeah. Well, what is that like? It's a thrill. What was it's it like really the first thrill. time you, you went skydiving? Okay, so the first time I went skydiving, I was actually with my brother, my cousin, and one of her friends. 
we went and it was me and my cousin's idea to go because like uh, my brother actually we don't share like we we're as close as can be one of my best friends but like yeah. we don't we're not the same blood type so he's like he's stepbrother right yeah, and yeah, so like yeah. he kind of like the things I get into, he's kind of, like, not so much into the adrenaline rush. He's just more of a kind of, like, go-with-the-flow kind of guy. Yeah. And when I told him, like, Tyler, you're coming skydiving with me, he's like, ah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, nah, so we get we get there, and I'm, I'm psyched, you know. I'm, like, a lot of people say their first time skydiving, they're scared when they get to the jump jump site. Nah, I was, like talking to the people i was like so you guys live here like they have a place on the landing site to live they have campers over there like it's a lifestyle to be a, a skydive instructor it's not like you do it for one day out of the week it's right. like you're there you wake up at eight you skydive people until six and then if you want to go skydiving with your friends at night go for it wow yeah and then you go back to bed in your camper which is on the landing site <clears throat> sorry um but yeah, so we get there, and I'm, you know, freaking, like, not freaking out, but, like, really amped, really pumped, you know? And we have we had to be tandem to somebody because it's our, it was our first times and everything. Uh-huh. And we get up, we get into the plane, and, like, we're, we're walking into the plane with our people attached to us. And we're sitting down, and you kind of, like, realize, you're like, oh, I've never been, my butt's never been this close to a guy's junk before, you know? <laughs> That's a little weird. <laughs> <but> <laughs> But you're just kind of like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Dude, that might be the worst way to die, too. You right. Know, just, guys just right, just right above 200 your, miles boom. per hour right into the earth. <laughs> but yeah, that's where they bury you. They just you create a little hole for yourself and they just bury you right there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. But no, so they, uh, they get up to the, you know, I was in the far back, so I actually got to watch everybody jump out, and I wanted to be the first. So it was yeah. a little like, Ah, damn it, but it was fun watching everybody jump out. Yeah. And so they like bring you up and they're holding on to the thing. And they're like, all right, we're going to jump on three. One, two. And you just watch people like you watch somebody and the, inst- the instant they're out of that plane, they're gone. You don't see them anymore. Wow. Because you're going probably, I don't know, four. Do they, so do they go underneath the plane? Like they jump out and then they go. Or yeah. do they go out the back and you can't see them? They go out the back. Okay. Because it takes. I want to say like seven seconds for humans to reach terminal velocity wow. which is 120 miles per hour that's how fast you're falling it's a crazy acceleration yeah yeah so 120 miles in seven seconds right but uh yeah so then i got up there and i'm not gonna lie like right when i got up there i was i was nervous i don't get nervous i rarely get nervous okay mm-hmm. when i got up there i was nervous for a second or two I was looking down, and I'm like, you know, you're looking down. You see. You see ground. Yeah. And you're jumping out of the vehicle that's keeping you above that ground. Yeah. And the only thing catching you is a piece of tether above right. you, a big piece of tether. That's what's, that's what's saving your life. You're it's, putting all your trust in that. It's a leap of blind faith because yeah. everything in your mind at that moment is telling you, if I jump, if I'm stupid enough to jump, I'm dead, and I'm going to die in an extremely right. painful way because yeah. you're looking at the ground. And there's no net, there's no... There's so your no brain just, nothing. it's going off like crazy, and then you still overcome that right. to be able to jump. Which I completely believe that the best things in life come after fear. So, like, the mm. more scared you become, 
the better the braver you become yeah like the, the, the better you feel afterwards you know definitely yeah and if you can overcome those peaks yeah the valley is gonna feel so good oh it feels amazing yeah <laughs> but no so we jumped out and after the first second i was like all right this is awesome like you know this is great this is really cool it was really calming actually mm. a lot of people would say like oh it was adrenaline pumping like we're falling 120 miles no i was really calming kind of like looking around you're like there's nothing around me there's no distractions like i'm in i'm 100 percent in this moment which is really hard to do in today's world you know yeah it's so like you're just looking around and you're like this is awesome wow. and then they, they had a guy filming so like they have a guy who's strapped to you and a guy who has a camera on his helmet gotcha just to film you and it was like a hundred dollars and i'm like it's my first time i'm getting this filmed yeah you know? yeah and yeah you're like this is really nice and then they pull the chute when you're at, like, 2,500 feet. And then the, I was able to control it because he's like, you did a great job. You should, you know, control the canopy. And when I got down to the ground, they're like, you want to go again? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Dang, man. That's how they get you to pay for a second time. Right, exactly. A little bait and switch. Yeah. The two guys I was talking to, though, the instructors I was talking to there, they're like, hey, man, you know, we don't tell this to a lot of people, but, like, You'd make a great skydive instructor. Wow. And I'm like, and at this point, I wasn't even thinking of like going for anything like that. That was that those words was what triggered me thinking of like, do I this actually, is something that you could do and enjoy and live a crazy life, like the lifestyle right. you dreamed of where yeah. you get that that surreal moment at the top right. of the plane every other day. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. And you, they go up like 20 times a day. You know, they're going up every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes. Crazy. Wow. And, you know, it's not the greatest pay. But, like, I was, I was, I grew up in, like, a household that, like, didn't have much tangible goods, right? So right. I kind of learned to enjoy the moment, enjoy experiences, mm. rather than enjoying, you know, a $100,000 car. Yeah. I would rather, I'd rather spend my money of hiking up Mount Everest, which is something that's on my bucket list, uh, or skydiving through the Grand Canyon, or doing stuff like that, rather than paying money to have the new $500 Yeezys, you know? Right, right. Because <laughs> those, those material things, man, like, you can buy that with money, man. Anybody in the world who has money can buy that. Right. But... That experience isn't just a commodity. It's it's rare. It's fleeting. Right. Very few people experience. Life is life is about experience. Yeah. You know. It's, yeah. I think you're I think you're dead on the money, and we're gonna leave all that stuff behind. Right. The stuff that we accumulate during our lifestyle, our lives. It's yeah. It's gonna be gone, man. Yep. It's gonna be. Gone. I don't know if you ever listened to Avicii. Do you know who Avicii is? Yeah, I Singer. do. Yeah, he in one of his songs. Uh, it was the night song. One of my favorite songs. I actually have it a uh, video uh, on my Instagram covering that song. But uh, he says, I'd rather be remembered for the life I lived than the money I made. Perfect, perfect way to explain a life, I think. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I think that's, what's, that, that's what you're going to be remembered by. I think that has sort of like plagued you know the american identity is that idea of like 
I'm always gonna need more. Right. You know, it's we live in a consumerist lifestyle. You know, it's everything's packaged. Everything's everything's built to generate movement. Not necessarily the most conservative solution where we treasure everything. Right. But you know, something breaks. What do I do? I throw it away. Yeah. It's gone. Like it's cheaper to buy a new one than it is to fix it. Especially in how well we've got at developing things. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. And and we should we should choose companies who are willing to make that sacrifice of okay, we're going to invest in maybe something a little bit nicer, but something more right. durable, something that's going to last. Yeah. So we don't have to keep making more. Right. You know, maybe maybe it's more economically beneficial for me to make something that's consumable so you can buy more so it's right. we generate more profit, but is that necessarily the best solution for the earth or for us? <laughs> Maybe not. You know, right. it's no, we're definitely going to kill this earth. <laughs> yeah. I we mean, are we, gonna kill we've this done earth. such a number on it already. Dude, think about like what even think about like resources alone. We're going to kill this earth, but like power, right. like power stored from oil. That's like deep within the earth's crust. We're using that power and we're, we're powering light bulbs, a computer, yeah. these microphones. Yeah. The Earth is kind of becoming one big power source. Power source, yeah. and it's being run by humans. Yeah. Like and what happens when that fuel is depleted? It's not like we can just be like, "All right, let's make some more oil." Right. You know, it's like, "Nah, we're done with that oil. We need something else." Now. Yeah. You know, we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, and and I feel like nothing else offers a solution besides nuclear energy. I think. Right. I think solar doesn't doesn't generate near the mm. amount it should that like coal plants do or right. or oil plants or burning even burning wood might be more efficient yeah. than that. I but think, nuclear power it's we're scared of it because right. Chernobyl happened. Yeah. You know, it's we set up it's a, a nuclear scary that's a, it's a scary topic. It's a scary place to be around. Think about that. Nuclear power plant, you know, yeah. in your town, you're living in Russia, you're living an ordinary life, you're going to work at the bank. You're coming home to your wife. It's a nice life. And then out of nowhere, a nuclear reactor explodes. And no one for, I'm not sure how long, I think it's at least thousands of years, can set foot in that area yeah, we because can't of even, the radiation. We can't even go to Chernobyl still. Yeah. Like, and the, for many more years, we won't be able to. Hundreds of years. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to, you'd just be like, no. And that's real, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. just like have you heard of the island that has like just people living on it it's no. they, they don't have like they're not connected to any country there's this island that if you picture an indian right they have spears they have bow and arrows that they've made out of wood and rope people living on an island and like if you try and go, there was a man there was a christian man pastor actually tried to go to this island to spread christianity there they killed him. Wow. And like all the countries are just like, you know what? Just let these people be. Like we're not like we could obviously. Where's over- the island at? You know? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I just know that it's out there. Yeah. There's there's a lot of even in like the Amazon or some of the places that are like a little bit more isolated. Yeah. Like human civilization hasn't reached that far right. yet. You get these isolated tribal people. Yeah. Who have these very ancient religions, very ancient cultures, ancient mm-hmm. language system, 
and they're developing. Like, they're still developing, but they're developing in this small group on their own, right. separated from everybody else. Which, honestly, those people are probably going to be the ones to, like, survive the end of the world. Because they've <laughs> survived this long. Yeah. Like, they're a small group of people, and they've survived thousands of years passing down the same traditions. Right. Those traditions hold pretty true throughout time. <laughs> you know? It's, it's crazy. Could you imagine, like, being in one of those tribes and just, like, realizing one day... Like, say America goes to this island that these people are on, and they're just like, hey, here's a gun. Right. Bye. <laughs> They'd yeah. just be like... What? Like what's this? Right. Is there more out there, you know? Like Right. And and that's and that's what helped Europe and westernized people. Mm-hmm. I put that in quotes cuz right. those are the people who, you know, they say it's privilege, they say it's it's this or that and it, and it could be. Like there is you know, with with every power that we unlock, there comes a great responsibility right. to wield that in a way that's not going to harm people. Yeah. Because what did we use those guns for? You know, we... Like, the British, like, conquered half of the world. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's crazy, (laughs) man. They conquered India. Have have you seen the video that, like, goes over... It was, was like, a 10-minute video, but it, like, goes over, like, a thousand years and just shows who had what land. Yeah. And at one point... So many power struggles. Yeah. At one point, Britain had, like, 70% of the land. Yeah. And then it was just like for like a hundred years, and then it was just like boom, everybody turned against Britain. Yeah. And then they just started taking over land again. And that's something we need to be wary of because that conqueror spirit, mm-hmm. I think in 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 very isolated incidents, it's extremely helpful. And every like we need to be able to to defend ourselves and be right. able to handle ourselves in a situation where there is conflict as a country. As individuals, like, I believe that that's something as men, like, it's been ingrained into us. Like, I I believe, like, when I work out, I'm releasing something. Oh, yeah. That is, like, stored there. And then after, I'm like, okay, the world's... It's not so bad. The world's not so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, if you don't, if I, like, you know, if I go, like, two or three days without working out, I can... I know that I can, I can like feel myself just like burning. Right. Like I'm like, I'm about to like flip out or like, like any little thing could like set me off, you know? Definitely. Like when I go and work out, that's like me, like me time. Or if I go with somebody like just like getting all of that, just frustration out. Yeah. It feels good afterwards. You get done. You're like, all right, I can breathe. You walk a little taller. You feel like you put in some work. Yeah. It makes anything else you do that day more enjoyable. I feel. Definitely. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, you just, you're cruising off that energy of like, you know, it'll, it'll never get old. Like the feeling of actually tactically like putting in work because your body is, is linked to your brain and it's in this symbiosis and you need to anything that you make a relationship with and you're, there's an energy exchange. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, like if you sit down to do a math problem you're going to gain some problem or some some information or some knowledge from doing that math problem but in return it's going to take a lot a lot of headaches right. a lot of time right. a lot of effort yep. so it's this exchange and weightlifting is the same way or working out right. or, or trying to learn like you were a pole vaulter so you yep. know like trying to learn a certain technique and right. putting 
you have to give yourself to that concept right. to be able to get something in return. There's almost a because a lot of people think going and working out is just lifting heavy and you know pumping as much weight as I can. But I think there's something to be said for those um, workouts that require little weight or that you do a, like um, what are they called when you're doing um get your arms out to the side and you like pull them inward and you keep your arms straight the whole time i think flies, flies. is that right yeah maybe something like that with the cables or with the uh, like the machine the machine if you do little weight on that and really focus if you do it backwards so like you're having your arms here oh. coming like this and you're squeezing your shoulder i think that's rear delts rear delts something like that uh-huh. if you do a low weight and just really really focus on engaging those muscles back there it's almost more of a workout than putting on heavy weight and just like throwing it back right absolutely because our body the, isolating muscles is very difficult to yeah. do because we don't do that when we walk when we run when we do anything we don't use like certain muscles i had this back problem mm-hmm. for like, my whole high school like i played football i squatted a ton but it's right. because i had no leg strength yeah so or, or flexibility i yeah. i was always compensating my back was was doing more work and my legs were doing less work because they were right, weaker. Right. But if you sit and you isolate those muscles, yeah, that's gonna feel good. Oh, it one hundred percent does. And it's time consuming now. Like it's yeah, it's you have to go through every single muscle of the body. I think the thing is, Hayden, there's so many time consuming things on this planet that like right. just me personally, I can imagine anybody else wanting to do <laughs> that like there's just not enough time to do it all. Yeah, you, know? you got to make a choice, man. Yeah. You got to choose. You got to choose what you want to focus on. Yeah, and, and our our lives, you know, there's mm-hmm. just like that exchange, man. You have to sacrifice certain right. things. Yeah. You have to say, okay, I'm not going to pursue being, you know, a doctor. I'm going to, like, I have to I have to know in my heart that I that is something, something I will never become. Yep. So I can specialize in this yep. and these set of skills. And I think a lot of people nowadays don't have those thoughts with themselves. Yeah, they no. don't have enough quiet time. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> go sit in the corner yeah, and think they, about they, what they, you've done. <laughs> yeah, they need to sit in time out for a little bit. Yeah. No phone. <laughs> yeah, Which, man. I actually, I have gone. The only I've Snapchatted you, mm-hmm. and I've Snapchatted my buddy who lives like six hours away from me. Those are the only two people I've been Snapchatting. Um, I deleted Snapchat actually before uh, seeing you in the gym. Three weeks, four weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, Which I commend you for. Like, I've yeah. had to do that throughout my life. Yeah. It's I deleted Instagram. Deleted all social media, really. And, like, this past month has been awesome. Been so right. much more productive. I read a book. <laughs> wow. That's the first time I read a book. What book like, did you read? It was called The Theory of Life. Wow. It, yeah. Did it, yeah. Did it answer some questions? It answered quite a few questions. One of the, the biggest topic it went over was like a man who does not know himself cannot offer the world anything. That's wise. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like a cheesy like quote or whatever. And some people would be like, what are you doing listening to that? But like, no, like I actually think if you don't know who you are, yeah, how are you going to offer anything to anybody else? Because you don't even know. Who, you're not even offering anything to you. And I look at Instagram and social media and Snapchat and I see so many. I see this. Just like Fargo's a wasteland, social media is a different type of wasteland mm-hmm. where people have invested so much time and energy into, you know, getting in this race of like being attractive, right. getting a, getting comments, getting yeah. likes, 
It's caused it's so much game. depression. Yeah, because yeah, there's always gonna be so- someone who's better than you at right. something that you're trying to do. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you should stop running the race. No, just shut off those outside influences right. and focus on yourself. Right. I don't. I think everybody goes into a lot of things wanting to be the best. And it's like it takes a lot of time to be the best. Like, right. It's okay if you're like, you know. Set goals for yourself. Don't set goals to to like beat others. You know, I think that yeah. was that's the one reason I really enjoyed pole vault. Um, was because all of my competitors and like everything, it was they weren't my competitors. It was like it was friends getting together for a meet to see how good we could do. That's like, amazing. Yeah, I would. I would. There were times I actually coached. A, he didn't have a coach. I coached a kid to beating me one meet. One meet. Wow. Yeah. How'd that make you feel? It made me feel really good, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like, it's something that a lot of people would look at and be like, oh, my God, why did I do that? But, like, that's honestly, because, like, I went to state three years in a row. And I, one year, I only one year I actually did good. <laughs> I let yeah. my f- mind get into my body, and that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> that's true with sports, especially. Yeah. And consistency. Right. As soon as you start thinking about the thing you're doing, yep. like that's how basketball is. When I'm shooting, and I'm like thinking about, like, I got to let it roll off my hand a little bit more. I got to do this. Right. I got to do that. The shot's going to be messed up. But if I just zone out, shut my brain off, yep. and let my body do the work... And that takes a lot of effort to be able to shut your brain off. Yeah. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of preparation. <laughs> and it takes a lot of work, even when doing it. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, uh, yeah, he was like, so no pole vault terms at all. Probably not. But basically, I'm like, hey, you need to go up three finger holds on your pole and then bring your bottom hand to your elbow a thumb's length away. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And then also go back four inches. Like you're a little under. Mm-hmm. That's what he did, and yeah, he got thirteen one. I want to say that wow. me, and I got thirteen. Wow! And so I'm like, you know, I I was, I jumped up and down. It, I it was a, he his personal best before that meet was like 12, 12 feet, and so nice. he went up a foot and one thirteen inches. Yeah, man, I commend you for the self awareness yeah. to kind of. Put yourself. I think yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. Right. People need mentors, and yeah. you were able to separate yourself from that incident being like all right there's somebody who could use my help use my advice and garner that in a way and i want to see them succeed yeah and it pushes me it pushes me i like when he beat me that meet was i pissed hell yeah Yeah. was i happy for him though yes right i went home that night and it was like eight o'clock and i'm like mr fogg can you just open up the weight room for me for like a half an hour he goes you just you just did like four events in this meet what are you what do you mean work on like just need to work off some steam and it made and like typically within like my junior and senior year it got to the point where i was winning most meets mm-hmm. and it was getting repetitive and like <laughs> yeah. it was just like you know everybody's like i just want to win i just want to win but it's like if you're winning against people who aren't at your level <sighs> of competition is that really winning no it's no. not it's it's boring actually and so yeah. like i had to start setting personal goals for myself like okay this me i'm going to get this and if i don't i lose right right and so with having him beat me, it felt really good because it gave me competition. Yeah. yeah. And I think getting yourself into a room with people who can push you, that's why like professional sports are so amazing because they're not competing. They're not in a room full of people 
of you know your average people who don't play football, basketball, right. soccer for their whole lives. They're with elite performers. Right. And when they lose, that's a crushing defeat. Yeah. So it's going to make you rise, want to rise above that competition yeah. that's pushing you more and more. That's why sprinters, when they run, it's good to have somebody pushing them. Yeah. It's good right. to have, you know, inspiration to draw from. Right. Let me ask you a question. Let me pick your brain here. All right, man. Go for it. <laughs> Taking over the podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Questionable Answers with Jackson Esmo. <laughs> there we go. No. Uh, would you rather be in like... The, would you rather be the best of the worst or the worst of the best? Worst of the best. Yeah. Well, as long as I'm starting there. Right, right. Because then nowhere to go but up. Yeah. And then once you exactly. leave that batch of people, mm-hmm. you're going to be better than where you started. Right. Definitely, man. Yeah, yeah I think. And there's a lot of people out there that would say they'd be the best of the worst. Yeah, there's which a lot sad. of people, which is, <laughs> which is pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think... I don't know, man. We live in, uh, yeah, we live in strange times. You know, it's COVID. We got, um, it's fucking nuts right. out here, man. We got the. Uh, Do you think people would have the same mentality as us right now back in like 1950? I think. Do you think that would have been a possibility even? I like think a think. small selection of people yeah. would have access to the time to really sit with their thoughts the way that we can. Right. Because we are af- afforded, like, yes, we work a lot, and yes, we have school, but we are still afforded at least an hour, if right. not two hours every day, to just sit and watch TV, right. sit with ourselves. Yeah. And a lot of people are filling that space. We've never really had that before. And a lot right. of people are filling that space with technology or social media. Yeah. So... I think there's a different struggle with each generation right. of people. You know, you look at our parents, what do they have to struggle with? They had to struggle with, you know, building the American right. economy. Yeah. They had to struggle the with the Great Cold Depression. War. Great Depression. My grandmother went through the Great Depression. Really? Yeah. Struggles. Struggles, man. Yeah. How, and so when was, was it 1920s? 1930s was 1930s? the... 1930s? Yeah. Okay. okay. I think the early, the late 20s was when the stock market crashed. Yeah. And then soon after that, the Great Depression. Right. Which was hell. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Imagine going to a store and just being like, yeah, we don't have that. Sorry. Right. That's kind of what's going on with COVID right now, yeah. but like a billion times worse. A slice of bread is like your two days allowance. Yeah. From like sweeping the floors of some restaurant that has a little bit more money than its competition so they can right. hire more people. Right. Exactly. And then nobody knew what to do. No. no. There was du- it was the Dust Bowl. Crops were dying left and right because yep. in states like Kansas, there were just these giant dust clouds. Yeah. That would wipe out crops. It's like... It's not generate. There's there's nothing coming from nowhere. Right. The stock market isn't playing its game. The farmers aren't playing their game. Right. You gotta ask you how do we get, how do we allow the economy to get like that? Is right. The thing. You yeah. Know? Like I wasn't alive during that time, so I can't really answer that. But like right. still, just how do you allow something to get so bad? Right. Right. <laughs> it's an uphill battle, though. Yeah. You know. And yeah. It's. I'm glad we didn't grow up then because right now what we're doing to combat that is just government assistance. Right. You know, we're we're shelling out unemployment checks left and right, keeping the economy moving while people can't work. Right. And people, you know, there's been a vast transition Mm -hmm. between people who 
have been working, you know, they go to an office every day, and now people are working online. Yeah, I so think that's, even... that's going to be huge in the economy. Yeah. Definitely. Even after COVID, they're going to be like, oh, we can run our company better, if not if not better. Right. Because no distractions. Yeah, with people working at home. Shut down the facility. We don't want to pay the light bill and the power bill there anymore. You guys yeah. are working from home. Right. And that's a, I think... I forget the stats, but it's the percentage of people who can work from home has like tripled. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think a lot of people are suffering from mental illness, though. You know, oh. like I know I did when I when it first started. I got hit hard, man. Because <clears throat> you're you're an extroverted minded guy. I love to go out. I can't yeah. I can't just sit at home. You know? And it forces you to. Yeah. It forces to slow your, burn your engine down to this, like, it's it's a weird experiment right. that we're running. Because yeah. we never really had to really isolate before. Yeah. We had the luxury to isolate. I think what's going on mostly. And, like, I know a lot of people, when I came back up to school and talked to them the first, like, two months, they're like, yeah, my grades are kind of dropping. Like, my grades were dropping at the start of the school year. Um, it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. <laughs> very hard. And I think a lot of people blame it on being online but the thing is we spent five months not doing anything so coming to a place now where we have to spend five hours of our day doing something it's like our minds have been conditioned and accepted to the point of yeah it's okay to sleep till 12 and it's okay to wake up and maybe watch tv for three hours just to go brush your teeth and take a shower at four o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) and now it's like okay i gotta wake up at eight o'clock for class what the fuck you know yeah 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 so i think that was a really really hard thing that a lot of people went through definitely it's it's tough because what college does if you use it properly is it just gets you socialized with a bunch of people who really give a shit you know, right. it's, it's, <laughs> you know, you got to get up at seven. You have to study a little bit. You have to go to class for four hours of the day. And then you come home and you study more and you right. talk about your classes more. Yep. And now COVID hits and, you know, you can sleep in a little bit more. You right. can roll out of bed, make breakfast while you do class. Right. There's, there's more time right. to it, do the things that you need to do during the day. It takes a person with some serious self-motivation. I thought I had self-motivation until COVID hit. Right. You know, right. It takes a person with some serious self motivation to keep up what they were doing before COVID and during COVID. Yeah, and that's why. Like, did you debate at all? I know you're not going to NDSU anymore, but did you? Were you ever like, I'm just going to take a semester off? Or I thought about it. I thought about actually taking this whole year off. Um, right. But I kind of said, you know what? No, it's just I'm really just doing generals this year. I'm just I did mostly generals last year with a few engineering classes uh this year i'm just kind of like doing more generals that way i kind of set it up because like you know i was getting a good grant money scholarship i was getting some scholarships here so it wasn't like too hefty on the billfold yeah yeah. um and i'm like let's just get my generals done um and that way if the photography film thing doesn't really work out how i thought it was going to work out um we can just go back to school for two years. Right. Kind of a safety net, but yeah. And I, I, I didn't want to just like, you know, text all my friends saying, Hey, it was nice meeting you guys for five months. Right. Adios. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's, it's, it's difficult to transfer schools right. and I commend you for that. Yeah. Cause I think if, if I wasn't studying engineering 
in a place like Fargo. Like Fargo offers some valuable insights into like the industrial world. And people rely heavily on that here because right. it's so goddamn cold. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much shit that we have to innovate and right. engineer to right. keep us alive here. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> you can live in Florida without any AC or heat and be just fine. <laughs> Come to North Dakota, try living without heat, you're going to die. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. And uh, uh. It, it's serving me in some ways, but to a certain extent, it's it's kind of bullshit. Right. It's kind of bullshit. I think, I think uh, the way, and even, even my TA, who, you know, is, she's an NDSU alum. She's she's actually she's my professor for Com One Ten, but she's a younger lady. So she and she, there's a trickle down of information. Hold up, up. are you talking about the blonde, the really hot blonde? I'm not. There's a there's a TA for Com One Ten, super hot. (laughs) Did you have her? Oh yeah. She's she was. Does she have a boyfriend? She's married, but still, she was really hot. It made it made me come to class every day. There you go. There you go. Whatever gets you out of bed, Nesma. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Anyways, man, continue. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. So, what I was saying was, uh, you know, there's a trickle down of information from like the superiors at NDSU right. and the people who are making the executive decisions to handle COVID. And then it trickles down to the professors yeah. and then to the like the newer professors who were trying to get a degree and then the TAs. Right. And so she was like feeding us information during these COM 110 classes that don't really mean anything. Right. And she was just like, yeah, NDSU did not handle COVID very well. She just really? said that. She was like, everybody's frustrated. We're all kind of losing our minds over it. Yeah. We spent a lot of money and it's not going very well. Really? Other schools, my buddy goes to Iowa. Mm-hmm. And he has proctor exams. So what happens is you pull... I'm not sure if you have any of these. I don't think they employed this at NDSU. So you pull it up on your computer, your browser. Yeah. And it locks your browser to the test. Right. And it tracks your eyes. Yeah, it tracks... So if you look away from the camera or the screen for long enough or down at your paper, like you look off to the side, like you're cheating or looking at your phone, Mm -hmm. it'll like... It'll flash a message really? and like send it to the professor. Yeah, wow. so it's this crazy technology. Yeah, and NDSU just has Zoom. Right. So we. I couldn't. I would be SOL, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's so many loopholes with online school. Right. I'm still like learning the information. But right. To a certain extent, it's not like real school. I definitely learned more information first semester of last year. Yeah. Than any other semester so far. Just because, like, with being online, it was so easy to, like, like you said, you have more time to do what you want. And I think the more you fill up your day doing stuff you want, the less stuff you retain of doing stuff you don't want. Definitely, man. Because you have just that many more distractions. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. And a lot of that self-discipline has to come from within, especially right now. It's like, all right, I'm stripped from my external motivators right and all i have is me to get me through right that's a What's, lonely i gotta be my own lonely coach. place it is a lonely place <laughs> yeah yeah man and like did you have a lot of high school friends coming up here from college or i had zero high school friends me too i had me i had too. two people from my school come up here but they were like 
so so like i was yeah. i knew him i didn't ever talk to him though you know right yeah and it's it's difficult it's because yeah. it, it's weird because it's sort of right. it's a weird socialization experiment yeah. that they run at ndsu where you get your dorm you meet all these people you make friends right. you start this new life for yourself and then covid hits you're stripped of that you're sent right. back home to live with your parents and your friends from high school and anybody yeah. you have access to and then you get sent back, but it's still it's I, still I during COVID. It was it's a hard pause. To, it was it's a, a pause. it's a pause. It's yeah. a forced winter. It's really weird right yeah, now. Yeah, it was real. Getting sent home was probably one of the hardest things I had to deal with in life. Yeah. Because like, I went home and it was like, okay, I'm used to being by myself. I was planning on being home for maybe two months this summer, and I got home and it was just like, all right listen to your parents again and if i'd want to be home at like 3 a.m i can't you know i'm out with friends nope be home by curfews 12 yeah the rules apply again it's like where it's like i, I just feel had, like i've done all this work to become an independent person right. which is what college is 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 used for right. you know i i had this expectation of like okay yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be able to handle myself right. and be able to Right. Be able to call my own shots. That right. independence is important. And then yeah. you come back home, it's like... You just lost all of what you were working for. Yeah. yeah. It's now, tough. You came from Illinois, correct? I did, yeah. And it's not Illinois. It's Illinois. It's, it is Illinois. It it's is. A, it's Illinois. Yeah, yeah without yeah. the S. It's a common whatever misconception. Whatever dumbass decided to put an S on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, why, why North Dakota? I gotta know. North Dakota. Um, like, so, how was it coming up here? It was, it was a little bit of a shock to my system, yeah. and I don't say that in a bad way. I think it's just culturally so, so different. Just because yeah. I'm so I'm from Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. Okay, and there is, we are sort of it's it's a smaller sort of, not really a suburb of Chicago because it's not directly by it. Right, but we are pretty independent. We have Illinois State University. Okay, we have State Farm there, which is right. like pretty corporate. Yeah, and. You know, and then we're, I'm, I go to North Dakota because I, I right. want to live some sort of adventure. Like, just right. like you said, yeah. man, I want to. Life's all about the adventure. Yeah, I want to yeah. experience something new. I want yeah. to. College is whatever you choose it to, like, right. choose it to serve you as. Right. And, and you I have that choice it, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I, right. and I saw it as an opportunity that I could grow. I could learn how a completely different group of people exist. And right. it, there are similarities, yes, but I remember first coming I'm like this is just this is different, man. Right. This is different. People people are really nice here, people are courteous. I remember some Are people not so nice in Illinois? People people are nice in Illinois, but it's way more of like an East Coast mentality right. where people are kind of like in your face and like, ha, fuck you. <laughs> but then you, but then you like bond over that. Right, like you're right. like, all right, this guy, this guy gets me. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can take like I feel like more people in Illinois would be able to take shit, but they can also give a lot more shit. Yeah, like if you, if you like, one thing I found on North Dakota, people are kind of stuck up here. Like if you, Definitely. if you, if you try and destroy their ego. <laughs> They're fuck. They get pissed. Yeah, they're like, "Fuck you, dude! Get out of my face!" You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but in Illinois, it's just sort of this, and people take it personally to a certain extent. But it's right. more of a, you know, a friendly exchange. You know, it's right. like I'm gonna, I'm gonna roast you. You're gonna roast me, right. and then we go about our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it is, it's different. I think 
it was a lot more like diversity where I'm from. Right. A lot of my friends were were Indian. Really? So, yeah. How was I, that? It was just like a d- diverse group. It was it yeah. was good, man. They're just right. like just fucking people. Yeah. And then you come out here. And everybody's white, yeah. which isn't a bad uh, thing, no. but <laughs> you just, it's different. We're, white people are dumb, dude. Why do we live in the cold? Yeah. <laughs> white people, white people, dude. We got some, <laughs> there's, I, I remember being frustrated a lot because yeah. I couldn't, it's weird, man, because my, my family's from this area. Yeah. Are they from North Dakota? They're from South Dakota, so, okay. but still pretty still, similar. Right. Yeah. And then go to Illinois and then come back and it's like, okay, I'm. Growing up, how my parents probably grew right, up. Right, right. You know, this is probably the people, types of people that they experienced. Yeah. Do you do you view North Dakota and South Dakota pretty similar? I think South Dakota has more cowboy types. Yeah. And North Dakota has more farmer, like farmer, blonde, like Norwegian Viking right, type people. Right. I think South Dakota is way better than North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I think I think you're right. <laughs> my sister lives in Rapid City. That place really? is sweet. That, Rapid City. Is that by... Where is that? Is that... Uh, uh, is that south... It's... Uh, west? Yes. Southwest, right? Yes, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, a, a lot more hills. I think the sunsets, a positive of living in Fargo, the sunsets are sweet. Right. But, you know, it's so flat here. Yeah. There's nothing... If there was a mountain range right by us, North Dakota would be awesome. Right. I think... Okay, so... You know when you're driving on the road, I don't know which street it is. It's the one by all of those like research, um, yeah, the, like dome things. Mm-hmm. If you're driving towards like all of the fast food chains, and you look left, if there was a mountain range out there, and it was like a 15 minute drive to get out there, this place would be awesome, mm. so cool. You'd have places to go hiking, yep. and if they had like one lake. Or two lakes around here, you know. There's no water around here, right? So if they had, if they had two lakes, that mountain range, this place would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah, <laughs> is that why you want to go to Colorado? Because I, I was actually born in Colorado. Where are you now? Yeah. Do you what city? Uh, Greeley, Colorado. Greeley. Do you know where that's at? I do not. It's uh, it's a little ways outside of Denver. It's a smaller right. town. Right. But I lived there until I was six, and then we moved. So okay. So yeah, but Colorado is a blast. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been to Colorado once, and it was. Did you like great. it? It was a lot of fun. Once you see those mountains, man, there's nothing like it. <sighs> those mountains are amazing. I actually that was the first time I ever free climbed. Wow, yeah. how high up were you? It wasn't a lot. It was like a thousand feet. Wait, so like how how far would you fall? So like free climbing is without a rope, right? Right. right. I wasn't so like, I just wanted. I love. I just. Lo- Ever since I was a kid, I liked climbing things. And so, like, I didn't even know what free climbing was back then. I just thought people climb shit all the time. Appa- yeah. Apparently, it's dangerous. <laughs> I found that out. But, um, yeah, I, was, I just am like, you know what? Hey, you guys, like, I was up there with my family, and there was, like, so, like, nine or ten of us. And I'm like, you guys can continue. I'm going to climb this. And they're like, no, you're not going to climb it. Like, come on. And I'm like, no, I am. They're like, Jack, that's, like, it was probably around eight, 800 to 1,000 feet. I say 1,000 because it's like, ah, cool, right. right, right? You got to climb some shit, man. Right, it yeah. makes me feel so much. Connected. You got to acclimate yourself with the area. And right. if you get that bird's eye view, exactly, you know, it's, exactly. it's perfect. So I'm like, no, I'm going to climb it. You yeah. guys continue. And so finally, I can. my dad was like, all right, let's just go. Let him climb it. And 
yep, fucking climbed it all the way up. I got to the very peak and I was like walking over the peak and it was like, you know, maybe six inches in diameter or six inches across that I was walking on and just sitting up there looking and it was beautiful up there, you know? Yeah. I'd love to do that all the time. You know? Right. Yeah. Maybe with some rope because <laughs> yeah. I was climbing on Red 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 Rock, I think it's called. It's oh, cool. Re- it's really crumbly. Is and there I, an amphitheater there somewhere? Like a... I was like, like a music 14, venue. 15. There probably is. There's Red Rocks Theater, yeah. which is like an outdoor theater type it's of prob- place. Yeah, it was probably right around there. Cause okay. The place we went was called Red Rock. It's not the stone. It was just called Red Rock because gotcha. all the rocks looked red. But it was really crumbly. And I actually grabbed onto a handhold one time and it broke. Whoa. So yeah, that was kind of scary. But Were you hanging from one hand? No, I had I had three points on the wall. So oh, both nice. my feet and my left hand. And I was just... I. When I free climb, because I've done it now five or six times, nothing nothing that high. Typically, it's only like a couple hundred feet. But uh, I gra- whenever I test a hold and it's a wall I haven't climbed up, I give it a good yank or two. Because mm-hmm. like, if it can't withstand a yank, it ain't going to withstand my fucking ass, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're, you have a daredevil mentality. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, everybody's everybody, this is going to sound really bad, right? But I talk to my mom all the time, and she hates it. You know, everybody everybody goes their whole life trying to live, but nobody ends up winning. Right. We all die in the end. It's just when or how, you know. What if you <laughs> What if you die from free climbing or skydiving? Would you I, be okay with that? I'd be okay with that. You know, <laughs> I would. You'd stop, I don't want to. I'm I'm more scared of not living than dying. That's fair, and yeah. I feel like I'm. I'm like that too. Yeah, you know, it's and everybody not to that extent. Yeah, every, everybody has their different definition of living. Mine just happens to be a little more life threatening. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get so close to death to yeah. experience what true life is like. Yeah, exactly. That's there we that's go. That, that's my mentality right there. You just exposed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But you like so you said earlier that skydiving is sort of this peak thrill moment. Yeah, you know it's. You're so you're just so your um, <laughs> your senses are firing just right. so quickly. Yeah. And then rock climbing, you have to turn your brain off. Yep. And you have to sort of encounter that valley and concentrate very intensely. Yep. It yep. seems like those two concepts, like they're both thrilling, but in different ways. Oh yeah, very different. Um, I'd say uh, skydiving is like going and seeing your fun uncle. At Christmas time, the one that makes like, you know, derogatory terms about your dad. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to be around him, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas rock climbing is going and seeing like your OCD grandma. Gotcha. Okay. You know, it's a great to see her. Okay. It's a, it's a equally it's like equal to seeing your fun uncle, but like you're just gonna have to work a little bit harder around her. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. That's genius. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. And you, you're gaining some information from both right, exactly. the OCD grandma and, you know, there's different schools yeah. of thought. Yeah. The OCD grandma teaches you how to kind of, like, organize and how to, like, you know, be successful in life. Yeah. Rock climbing. Slow and steady yep. wins the race. Exactly. Whereas the, the, the uncle's there to entertain you, you know? <laughs> that uncle's there because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dude. That's awesome. That's man. the best analogy I can get of it. Give of it. So. <laughs> Dude, nice. And yeah. so you want to 
so you're hitting the adrenaline category, right. but then you also want to go to school for film and photography. Right. So obviously I have to make a career out of this if, I, if I'd like to do it full time. So right. my, my perfect life, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, it's called van life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is you my know. perfect life for a while. Because I think minimalism, dude, <laughs> fucking living off the land. Yeah. You know? yeah. Nothing's expected of you. Shower every four days. Right, right. It's nice. The only problem is you got to find somebody that's also willing to do that. <laughs> right, 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 right. But no, uh, I would, I'd really like to live in a van for at least 10 years. And the thing with living in a van is you can go somewhere for a year. And, you know, if I want to be a skydive instructor in Florida... All right, I'm going to be a skydive instructor in Florida. Oh, California is looking for a dive instructor? Cool, I'll just drive my house across the, across the states, and, yeah, I'll be there in about four days, and, yeah, I can start whenever. Wow. Oh, you guys need a rock climb leader to go and do this in Nevada? Cool, yeah, come and be right there. Give me four days, and you're in California for two years, and all right, guys, I'm peace out. Thanks for teaching me how to surf while I was there. You know, that's yeah. one thing on my buck list. I'm never going to, like, be able to, like, train people to surf. But, like, I would like to be able to, able to ride some waves. Man. Right, exactly. And I think yeah. I think the surfers, I watched a documentary on this, okay? The surfers are a different breed. They are. I, well, I read a book on this called really? uh, Barbarian Days. Barbarian Days. Which is, like, it's it details this kid who grew up in, in Hawaii in, like, the 1970s. Yeah. And then he goes to California. He, like, basically travels the world to surf. Right. And he's in these, like, gangs. Like, yeah. these, these like, surfer boys. And there's, right. like, eight of them. And they just go. They go on a trip. They yeah. surf. They leave. And it illustrates that lifestyle. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Oh, it's great. I it's would love beautiful. to do it. And I think yeah. so many people nowadays are trying to grow up so fast. You know, they're like, society needs me to have a job at the age of 22 and making money and have a house. It's like... You got your whole life to work. Yeah, okay? slow if, things down. Yeah, like enjoy it a little bit. Like I would gladly be in a van as of right now for all of my life. But when I get sick of it, hopefully, like then I'll be able to find a job that like photography or film, and I don't need to be making a you know six figure income having all this nice shit. I'd rather, like I said, go and do whatever. Right. And I think that's yeah, it's just great. It's live life to how you see happiness fit. Yeah, man. In the wise words of, uh, what's his name? New York rapper, Empire State of Mind. What's that guy's name? In the wise words of the one New York rapper, Mo Money, Mo Problems. Is that his, is it Mo Money? Is, is that his name? No, that's, that's like the thing he right. says. Mo Money, you know, Mo it, Problems. It creates... It creates some turmoil in your life right. if you take on that burden of financial yeah. responsibility. Right, exactly. I you mean, got, you, you're in charge of more stuff. You're a, yeah. you're you're burdening yourself. I think there's right. there's a difference between becoming a man and you know taking on the burdens necessary to support yourself. Right. But also, you know, if you take on too much, it's gonna weigh you down. Yeah. I mean, like, Elon it, Musk even said he's like, I don't even want to be me. Right. Yeah, he says that all the time. He's like, I don't even want to be me, so I don't know why you guys would like to. Because it's it's fucking hell, man. You yeah. have this timer in your head, yeah. and it goes off, and, and you have to work right. 12 hours a day. I couldn't do that. Yeah, it's I'm crazy. not the type of person to be able to sit at a desk or like go to conference meetings every day. Yeah. I would. The best word I can give for it is like free-spirited. Free-spirited. 
Tidid? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. I think uh, you're exactly right, though. Yeah. And, um, but the thing is, if what makes you happy is to have a lot of money... You're I, entitled I, to that. You're yeah. entitled to that. You're entitled to have your own opinion on how to live your best life. Definitely. Yeah. And there's different avenues to get there, and, mm-hmm. and we're all entitled to... Just living our lives however right. we want to live it, and you're a prime example of that. Yeah. I think you... Uh, Thank you. I do appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I think I think there's a, a lot of people out there who maybe aren't an adrenaline junkie like you are, but right. they, they value that courage to step right. away from life and be like, okay, what do I really want? You know, right, I want ex- exactly. I want experiences that I can live yeah. with people I love. I want... You know, I don't want to accumulate a large amount of right. material things that I don't really care about yeah. and I'm going to leave behind anyway. Right. Life is fleeting us. You yeah. know, we have a given amount of time on this earth. Let's right. spend it doing crazy shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I just want to have kids and a husband and have a have a good life with them. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's the people that go and tell you like, well, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to sustain yourself with that type of lifestyle. Those are the people I'm like, okay, I'm not telling you how to live your life, so please don't tell me how to live mine. You know? Right. Yeah. No, Do you ever want to have kids someday, or any like, would, could you ever see yourself settling down? It's a big question. That is a big question. As of right now, I don't think I've ever since I was 14, I told myself I don't think I'd ever have kids, and I and I still live to that to this day. Why is that? <sighs> It puts a huge responsibility on yourself. Mm. And responsibility, that's a big word. It is a big it's word. It's a big word, especially when it involves kids. Kids and like human lives that you are responsible. Like completely, right. they are dependent upon you to provide food, right. shelter, right. A, a healthy love st- lifestyle, education for 18 years at least. At least. And like in today's world, some kids will, like the average I think is like 24 is when the average human being moves out of their parents house now whoa yeah so it's, i mean the majority is probably like 23 22 just because statistics is weird yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know 22 23 so you're probably caring for this person until they're like yeah 23 years old right that's 23 years of your life too right. and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who are you know unhappy maybe because they've made that decision because right. they've they've bit off more than they can chew right. I, I i eventually want to be someone who has filled their life like i want to f- from the ages of like 20 to 30 i want to fill my life with as much experience and as much like li- like living vivaciously and just right. attacking the day yeah. that I can because right. I want to be able to feel like I've exhausted right. exa- like I'm I when did you, what I could do yeah, and you lay in bed and you're like I deserve to be here right now exactly yeah. and that's how we should be at the end of our lives right like on our on our my scariest thought my something that I think about when I lay in my bed at night <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I um I think. You know, my I'm laying on my deathbed, and I think, man, what what could have been? Right. It's that terrifies me. Yeah. No, that's a really scary thing. Laying on your beth- deathbed and being like, could I have done better? Right. Or I regret doing this. Yeah. I don't want. I want to live without regrets, and we're we're all gonna make right. mistakes and carry regrets to the right. grave. But 
I think owning it's a learning those, experience. Yeah, yeah, owning those mistakes is very important because yeah. if you don't own that mistake, that's what causes you to regret that mistake. Definitely. If you don't own a mistake you did, you're gonna live a life of lies your entire life, and that's some people they really struggle with that. Yeah. I I struggled with that until I turned like 17, 18. I would make a mistake and be like, no, that wasn't me. I'd lie about it. I'd be like, no, I didn't do that. Right. Or. No, I, I, like I, that couldn't have possibly been me. I was so scared of feeling like I let somebody down or like people would think less of me that I made a mistake. That right. I, would, I would rather just lie about it when it's like, no, nah, like, I'm really glad I realized within the past two years that like making a mistake and owning that mistake is more important than... It builds you up more than anything right, else because exactly. you're not... If you as long really as you learn from it. Don't dwell on it, but like think about it and feel mm-hmm. the pain of that mistake. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to help you heal. Right. Is feeling that, like sitting in that moment and thinking, you know, I need to experience this. Right. Even, even if it's hard, even if it's like difficult to go over this memory right. that's very painful. It's important, man, because it's not, if it was my fault, it's not going to happen again. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. And that's what growing is. You yeah. know, we need to be able to forgive ourselves at the end of the day. Because right. we're what are we? You know, we're life forms that are flawed. <laughs> dude, we like none of our biology makes any sense. Our pinky no. toe. Do, we, do you know about vestigial organs? No. So they're basically organs that at one point had a use, mm-hmm. but like now if we lost them, it would do nothing. So like our appendix is one of them. Because really? we can take out our yeah, appendix yeah. and it doesn't Apparently, it was used at one point to digest rocks. Like we would, <laughs> we would, we would eat food with little rocks in them, and our appendix would remove that, and we've just got better at making food. <laughs> yeah, right. And our pinky toe—if if you chopped off your pinky toe right now, you would be able to run and walk the same because it doesn't do, do it? anything. It's just shrink to this little. I've got a knife on me. You want to cut off my pinky toes right now? <laughs> Let's test it. <laughs> No, did you know that the pink with the pinky on your hand actually it holds like fifty percent of your strength in your hand? If you chopped oh. off your pinky, you'd lose fifty percent of your strength in your hand. Really? Yeah. Which That's is crazy. crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I think you might be right. Our hand's different than our foot though. Like right. Like, I grab from pinky to thumb. Yeah. Like, that's how you, like, yeah. grasp something. I think there's definitely, like, some tendons working with each other with the pinky, mm. like, in your hand. So, if, like, you chopped that off, I just don't think you'd be able, like... Right. You couldn't grab it. My ring hand. finger feels so weak. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't do anything. That's why you put a ring on it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it, it gives it armor. Yeah, bro. Yeah. There's <laughs> a little belt down there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, one last question for you, Nesmo, before we, we hop off the airways. Okay. Um, so what 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 keeps you going and making individualist mis- like like choices like this? Like you chose to go down a route that's unlike anybody else, and you were able to identify, like you were able to name. Like, this is how I'm different, and this is how I can serve the world. Right. So I'm not going to go after things that everybody else goes after. Right. You are an outlier. Yeah. Do you, like, do you realize, like... I don't consider myself an outlier, although I think a great deal of people do. Yeah. Um, I guess what keeps me going is that, like, people are born with two fears. It's, like, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. I don't know if you knew that or not. And, like, I don't view myself as like fearing fall falling anymore 
or I do, but like I'm okay with that fear. You know, I'm, I haven't overcome it, but I am able to live with it. So what helped you overcome it? Is it just like practicing climbing and skydiving every day? Not, not even that. I think it was like kind of had a, like a little rocky of a ro- upbringing. Not like it was just kind of a rocky household. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of things that like going home I was scared of, and I just kind of like dealt with fear almost my whole life. Not of just like going home was one thing, but just like I had a really bad like social fear. Like, fear of talking to people when I was younger. Like, I couldn't talk to girls until I was in 10th grade. Yeah. <laughs> That's how a lot of people are, though. Yeah. Um, and I was just a really fearful kid growing up. I didn't even go on roller coasters. That's how scared I was, you know? Yeah. And I kind of, like, told myself, I'm like, listen, man, you need to do some shit. Like, even if it's scary. And so, like, I made it my mission to, like, do shit that I was scared of. I was scared wow. of going in the ocean. My dad took me snorkeling in the ocean. I was scared of it. But I'm like, nope, I'm going to do it again until I'm not scared of it. Wow. And so I've really made it my mission to, like, do things I'm scared of. If I'm scared of something, it's something I want to do. Right. Because when, if I do it, I'll become less scared of that thing. And so, like, what keeps me going is I don't think a lot of people have that mentality. Not, not many people can even, like, have that mental click in their brain to be like, I'm going to make it a thing to do things I'm scared of. Because why would you? You're scared of that. People tend to seek out comfortability. Right, exactly. And being one of those people to accept that I'm not going to be comfortable all the time, I think I owe it to the world to go go and climb up a mountain and get a really cool picture of it so other people can see. It's inspiring. Yeah, invite other people into the world of extreme sports and be there for them. Yeah. You know, I I was a zipline instructor for my senior... Uh, summer year right before college and I found I found great like this like weird like good feeling in my stomach and just body whenever I'd like help a person overcome their fear of of ziplining and I'd wanted I want to do that for people going into the ocean because I was scared of the ocean I want to do that for people going skydiving because I was scared of falling I want to do that for people going rock climbing because I was scared to rock climb you know, and I, I want to be that person to like to, invite them into the world yeah. of overcoming your fears. And a lot of people have the ability like you and you can recognize that. In yeah. people. Like you can see that in their eyes like they have what it takes to overcome that. And you've right. been there before. So you can be that guide for people to come. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's awesome, man. Yeah. No, it's a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nesmo. I love you, man. Hey, man. You're a legend. It's a pleasure being on here. I'm so happy we finally got it started out after four tries. Right. Yeah, we got it, dude. We got it in the books. This will be up. Um, Thanks for coming on, man. You're the best. Awesome. Take care, man. All right. Peace out.